there's a story that's told by some theologians, a speculation, about the time that took place immediately after the creation of the angels. But this was before God had revealed the fullness of his glory to these angels. So he got all the angels together, and he said to them, uh, he told them about his plan, what he was going to do, what was to come about creation and about human beings and how there was going to come a time when he was going to, he himself, God, was going to come to earth, take on human flesh, and that he was going to serve these humans, that he was going to suffer with them. He was going to sacrifice himself for them. And about a third of these angels said, that's ridiculous. Why would you, this great and all-powerful divine being, go down to the earth to like serve these creatures who are infinitely below you? Why would something, someone so great you know, do this, suffer in this way, sacrifice in this way? And so that, those third of the angels that rejected God, rejected his plan, are now known today as uh, the devil and, you know, the demon legions that were separated now, uh, from God at that time. So I bring up this story because it kind of shows forth the importance to God of this whole notion of suffering, of sacrifice. And this is something we have difficulty with. Now, when we see this in our readings today, we have a reading from the first reading from Jeremiah chapter 20. Jeremiah is given a hard job by God, and he's been going through some suffering because of it. He lived about 600 years before Christ, and he's preaching to the people, repentance, listening to the Lord, and they were rejecting him and mistreating Jeremiah. It's very difficult. It's hard. So we read uh, today in the first reading about you know, his struggles. And then in our gospel reading today from Matthew 16, our Lord is talking about suffering, about suffering at the hands of the elders and then being killed. And Peter takes him aside and rebukes him for this. And in our modern culture, you can kind of understand where Peter is coming from because we don't really much like cult, we don't really much like suffering, difficulty. In our culture, you know, it's all about maximizing pleasure and minimizing suffering, right? So this is one of the reasons why up until 2019, we were one of the countries with the highest opioid use. We're still up there, but we've been working on getting it down. But also, we're in the top 3% for cannabis, for all sorts of you know, other chemical dependencies, alcohol, and, and various other things that we uh, do to minimize pain. Or maybe you know, for you, it's not some of these chemical things. Maybe it's one of the things that you do to minimize pain is you have this little thing in your pocket that you pull out and you scroll through because you don't like to be bored. You want to be constantly stimulated, you know. Uh, so all these different things that we kind of do to try to forget our problems, our issues. So we kind of understand maybe what Peter was talking about when he told Jesus that he shouldn't be talking so much about suffering. We don't really like suffering all that much. But if we're honest, you and I, everybody really, knows that this whole trying to avoid suffering thing not really working. Avoiding suffering and, and death, you know, it, it, nobody's really convinced that you can actually do this. We know 
that we're not really successful at numbing away pain and difficulty. So that's where our Lord comes in, where our Lord's teaching comes in. He is the master teacher. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the master teacher when it comes to suffering, when it comes to embracing suffering. This is central to who he is. This is why you walk into any Catholic church and what's, what do you see at the very front of any Catholic church? You see a crucifix, right? This picture of suffering. You see an altar. We remember the sacrifice of our Lord and make it present once again. This is at the center of our Lord's ministry. Think about his, his preaching. In his most famous sermon on the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor, blessed are those who hunger, blessed are those who mourn. In other words, blessed are those who suffer, is what he was saying. And because this was so central to his ministry, this is why he responded so strongly to Peter. When Peter said, no, Lord, don't be talking about that suffering stuff. Move away from that. How did the Lord respond? He he accused Peter of Satanism. He called him Satan. He, he, I mean, this was, he seen what Peter was saying as an attack on the very center of who he was, on the very center of his ministry. And he pushed back pretty strongly on this. He said that anybody, it's not just him who was called to this, this suffering, this life of sacrifice, but anybody who would follow him was also called in this same way. He said, anyone who comes out to me must deny himself and take up his cross. And he said that it's through this suffering, not by avoiding it, but by embracing these difficulties, that true joy is found, that true life is found. This is why we see here over and over throughout the Bible, all these verses about rejoicing in suffering, persevering in suffering, character that's built through suffering again and again and again. Now, Jesus said that if you try to avoid suffering, you're going to end up losing your life. This is someone who's dependent on various different chemical things and the like. These things don't work and they eventually kind of suck the life out of you. But if you're willing to embrace suffering, embrace difficulty, our Lord says that if you, are, if you give up your life for his sake, then you will find it. Then you will find true joy. He's the one that teaches us how to take your suffering and how to transform it. It's a central to his ministry, this message of suffering, saying yes to this, of embracing this. Why is this so important to our Lord, this message of suffering, of sacrifice? It's because suffering or sacrifice reveals who you really are. It reveals what you are made for. It reveals that you were made for heroic love. Forgiving of yourself. You're made in the image of God, God who sacrifices for us. He reveals himself in this way, and you too are made in the same image. You're made, meant to uh, show the world, show others God's love through you, through your life. You know, so we see throughout the scripture, we have you know, the story of Adam and Eve. We got this, their, their commission was to keep and guard the garden, right? And then this great serpent comes in, an outsider, one who they were supposed to defend the garden from, Adam especially was supposed to protect his wife, supposed to defend his wife. But here's this great serpent, this intimidating serpent who's coming in, and he had a choice to make. He's like, well, I can defend my wife, but this might cause some suffering. This might cause some difficulty. In fact, that serpent might kill me. 
if I stand up to it. And so he kind of took the weakling cowardice way, the way of avoiding suffering. And he, and he allowed this, this serpent to, to come in, to take down first his wife and then him. So you have sin entering the world because of his cowardice, because of his unwillingness to embrace suffering. And then our Lord comes to rectify this, to fix this. He comes and to defeat this serpent, to take it on. And he's not afraid to suffer for his bride, to sacrifice himself for the people of God. He comes as the second Adam, the true Adam, who, who gives up his life, who embraces suffering. And so we see this love that's revealed through him. Uh, I think about, this is, so suffering reveals love. This is why the Lord allows this to happen, why it's part of his plan. I think about a prisoner I had, her name was Betty. And she was a fun-loving parishioner uh, and everybody loved her for the most part. Then she got diagnosed with stage four cancer. She was helping out with, with pet blessings. We were blessing dogs and things and she kept bending over and her back kept hurting and come to be, it was cancer. So it got pretty bad pretty quick and I'd go to see her at her house and she would come out of her bedroom and she'd kind of like grab the furniture and walk out there as if she was in great pain because she was. And I told her, I said, hey, you know, I could just, you know, pop into your bedroom. You don't have to get out of your bed. You don't have to go through all this suffering for me. And she's like, no, Father, no. I, she's like, I want to do this. I want to come out here. I want to be fully with you. You know, not sleeping in my bed. Once uh, she did this, it made me feel loved. Here's a woman that was willing to sacrifice and to go through great pain because she wanted me to know that she cared about me. She wanted to be there with me, you know, conversing with me. And she did this not only for me, but for many, many people. I remember doing her funeral and the place was packed. It was hundreds of people that seen her love through her heroic love, through this suffering that she was going through. You know, the saints are great at delivering this message over and over again. You know, St. Josephine Bakita comes to mind, a more recent saint. She died in 1947 from Sudan. She was kidnapped there when she was a young girl and sold to various different masters. She went through great suffering, lots of beatings. She talked about one of her mistresses who didn't like her too much, and she liked to take a knife and, and carve these lines with the knife into her back, into the back of uh, uh, Sister Bakita. And then she would kind of grind salt into the cuts so that her back would get all nasty and scarred up. There's pictures of it. You can go online and see the pictures of it. It's just it's her back all mutilated. Uh, and she, got, she went through all this very difficult suffering and was sold. And she eventually ended up in the hands of a master who was for a time in Italy. And he had to leave for some reason. So he put her into the safekeeping of the Kenosian sisters, religious sisters, you know, nuns who were there. And they began to share with her the message of Jesus Christ. And she had a conversion experience and joined the Kenosian sisters. They worked for her, for her freedom, told her, hey, you know, the law's been changed. The, you know, there's no slavery anymore. This is, you know, you don't, you're not a slave. So they worked through the court system and got her fully free. Uh, but she had this beautiful, loving spirit in the midst of all this. So much so that she even talked about being thankful to God for her captors. Because if it wasn't for them, she wouldn't have been captured from Sudan and brought over to Italy and met the Kenosian sisters and discovered the message of our Lord Jesus Christ. She had this beautiful message of love, this heroic love that shined even in the midst of suffering and difficulty. So the saints proclaim this over and over again. 
You know, this is proclaimed in the greatest way, of course, through our Lord. His life and his ministry. Think about his passion. Think about how he carried the cross. You think, you know, when you have a rough day and things don't go well at work, you maybe come home and you snap at your, your, your wife and kids, your husband, you know, whatever else, because you're kind of grumpy, things have gone bad. Well, our Lord is having a pretty bad day, I would think, right? Uh, getting crucified and all, so having to carry this cross and get beaten. But he didn't respond that way. We see this love that was pouring out from him. As he's carrying his cross, falling and having difficulties, having a hard day, rough day, what does he do? He sees some ladies that are along the roadside. They're crying. They're having a difficult time. And what does he say to them? How, what are you crying for? Look at me. Look what I got to go through. No, no, no. He didn't say that. He started talking to them. He comforted them. And then there he is up on the cross, you know, uh, being crucified. And, and he could have been grumpy up there and, and been cussing and swearing at people and this, that, and the other thing. But that's not what he did, right? Instead, what is he doing? He's chatting it up with the guy next to him on the cross next to him, doing some evangelization, bringing a guy into the kingdom. He's uh, talking to John, who's there at the foot of the cross, making sure his mother is taken care of. He's not really thinking too much about himself so much. Surely it was hard and it was painful. It wasn't easy. Uh, And yet, this love, this heroic love, this care for others, shown through his life, magnified, by this suffering. The love, his love was shouting through this suffering. This is why this was so central to his life in ministry, because of the love, the great love that comes through in the midst of suffering. This is why he wants us to embrace this, because this is who you, what you were made for. You were made for love, to show forth that love to others. And so I'd encourage you to say yes to the Lord, say yes to embracing the sufferings in your life. Big things and little things. You know, uh, there's lots of opportunities to do this every day in, in your life. You, know, you think about, you know, the, the thoughtless people, perhaps, that you have to deal with in your life. You know, grumpy, irritating people that maybe pick at every little thing that you do. Maybe, maybe it's uh, that driver that cuts you off in traffic and nearly causes an accident and your heart starts beating and everything else. Say yes to that. Yes to that little suffering. Say yes to the neighbor boy that comes over to your house and and clogs your toilet. Or maybe that that family member that throws throws away that receipt from that thing that you were going to take back to the store. All these, didn't mean to, just picking up the house, you know. But all these little sufferings, little bits and pieces here and there. Or maybe it's, uh, you know, leaders that you have difficulty dealing with. Maybe you have difficulties with the Pope or the bishop or your priest or maybe it's somebody, somebody at work. You know, maybe you think that, you know, such and such is making these terrible, awful decisions and, or maybe the, this person's making you come to these really long and useless meetings uh, or maybe it's like bad liturgies, you know, that are done at the church. Who knows? It could be any of these things. Or maybe it's yourself that you got to put up with these crosses. You have an issue with, you know, procrastination, there's these things that you've been kind of putting off, you know, balancing your, your checkbook, which is way overdue, and, or that, that big pile of stuff in your bedroom that you've been meaning to go through. Or maybe it's, you know, someone that you've been dreading calling that you know you really need to have a conversation with this person. Uh, and so 
a great way to offer up your sufferings to the Lord is to do those things as penances, those little things that you've been procrastinating on, to do them. Or maybe it's stillness, just being with the Lord, you know, instead of constantly being stimulated, like I mentioned earlier, scrolling through your phone endlessly. Put it away for a little bit, just be still. Offer that up as a little penance, a little sacrifice. Be with the Lord in this way. Say yes to these sufferings. You're probably not going to be crucified on a cross. You might, perhaps, but there's lots of little opportunities every day to say yes to the Lord. You don't need to take extra things on yourself. Just say yes to the things that he sends you. Allow this love, this patience to come through these sufferings, these difficulties. Christ is the master teacher when it comes to suffering. When it comes to saying yes to suffering, to transforming it. It's central to who he is, central to the gospel. It's meant that through suffering, that this love of the Lord, this heroic love will be revealed in your life. So say yes to this in big ways and in all the little ways that the Lord sends you. That God may be glorified. Amen.